Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. The energy and passion he brings to the game is something I think that's contagious. Intercepted by Lorenzo Alexander. Now he laterals to a keep to leave. When you talk about a great pro that you wish every one of your players would emulate. Guys, he's like a lunch bell guy. A blue collar appeals to coming to work. He's going to outwork you every single play. 15 year NFL veteran Lorenzo Alexander joins Wolf and Luke to give us the lowdown on the Cardinals and the NFL. Hour number two of the show, live from the Auction Community Studios. Lorenzo Alexander is here for the lowdown. So we've gone through all these different scenarios for overtime, you know, all these different things that happened throughout the game on Sunday, but, you know, <laughs> everything gets thrown off when you have a Patrick Mahomes involved in the game, too. There's Brock Purdy, I thought, played a pretty good game, especially considering it was his first Super Bowl, and he's only been in the league for like a year and a half. But it just wasn't perfect, and so that right. wasn't good enough because of Mahomes. Yeah, and that's what it came down to. And I think the defense in the second half, obviously changing their tactics, lighting him up a little bit more, getting the ball out of his hands because they was able to protect him pretty good in the first half where he was able to sit back, find guys open down the field. And um, Spags just started lighting him up and making him feel like he had to get the ball out. And they came up with some big plays, some some timely plays. You know, we think about might have been third down blitz, nickel blitz. You know, that they, they disguised really well. I was like, man, what's going on? Oh, here it goes, right? And gets a PBU, and I believe that led to a field goal in that particular instance. So, um they just did really well in the second half in the, in, in the Chiefs' defense as far as stepping up, finding the plays that needed to be made. And I think a lot of that just came with those halftime adjustments and really settling in as far as what did they want to do. Yeah, you know, it was so interesting, too, to see the 49ers come out. And I know you saw this, the line of scrimmage. They controlled the line of scrimmage mm. on both sides of the ball right. offensively and defensively, especially in that first quarter. They came out and Pat Mahomes was struggling. When you saw Pat Mahomes struggling, and you saw the 49ers dominating the line of scrimmage, you were like, oh, man, right. I know this is a long game right here, but yeah. this, this this is not a bad combination that's happening if you're a 49ers fan right now. In the first quarter alone, they had seven first downs to the Chiefs' one. Right, yeah. Okay, 125 yards to 16. Right. They had the ball for 10 minutes and 26. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me right now. This is the perfect start for the 49ers. One problem. <laughs> Zero zero yeah. at the end of the first quarter. Right, right. And mainly zero, that, zero. that uh, fumble by CMC. Right, you know, who going in. Fumbles. Right, who never fumbles. Yeah. Right, but not playing a game in a week. You know, coming out there, juices flying, and you know something got loose. A, a guy on the cheese made a play, getting the ball out, and then you all that which you just mentioned. Right. For nothing, <laughs> right? Yeah. And that's a big shift. Again, when you're playing greatness, right, you got you got to extinguish it as, as fast as you can and not scoring points allow Pat Mahomes and that Kansas City Chiefs offense to kind of figure things out. Yeah. It gave them time uh, to kind of get things righted because this game could have got out of control a little bit earlier, but they stepped up and made plays when they needed to. It felt like at halftime it should have been closer to that Tampa Bay-Kansas City Super Bowl where the, where the Buccaneers just were defensive. Was great. I think they won like 32 to 9 or something, but it was 10 to 3, and everybody was looking around for the same reaction, right? Of like, okay, that's the Niners just threw a lot at them, and they're still right back in this game. Uh, here's Andy Reid after the game. I think you guys can appreciate him. You get to see him, uh, what he is. I mean, there's no facade there. He's uh, He comes to work every day, uh, humble, wanting to be great. 
challenges the guys around him to be great every play, never flinches. You drop the ball, we'll get the next one. Or listen, I need you in this spot right here. It's not like chewing them out or any of that bit. And likewise with the penalties. Okay, well, let's keep our hands tighter. Let's not grab. So, you know, but he's, that's the way he operates. A pleasure to coach. Absolute pleasure to coach. And the other thing, uh, and I don't know if this is probably been going on the whole time, but I just noticed it more this season, Zoe, is, is he would throw a pass to somebody who would drop it, or he'd throw a pass to somebody who would make like a weird play. Like I think it was MVS that caught the pass and ran backwards like seven yards. <laughs> but he just goes right back to him. You know what I right. mean? He, 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 sometimes he'll react with like the hands on the helmet, but he doesn't like just shut the guy out because he knows he needs him, and he just goes right back to him the next play. Yeah, and he did that, you know, really all year, protecting him all year, even with his words post-game. I need to be better. I got to put the ball in better areas. And guys dropped the ball this game. I mean, even Kelsey. I mean, yeah. right? There there were some, 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 some instances there where even the star players weren't showing up. But he doesn't allow those things to really impact him because he trusts those guys because those guys have made plays where other guys tend to kind of get in their head a little bit. Pat Mahomes stays cool and calm, and that allows him to still thrive in these high-pressure moments. Um, and that's that's typically what separates you from right being a good preseason player, regular season player, playoffs, and then Super Bowl is how you manage those nerves and expectations in the face of adversity when things that are out of your control go wrong. Um, and he does he does a great job, probably better than anybody currently in the league outside of Tom Brady at, at managing those things. You know what's amazing about it too? Pat Mahomes is one of these guys right now where. You knew once once this game went into overtime, and the 49ers actually put three points up on the board. You were like, "This game's over." Did you not feel that way? Like, yeah, like, right. like, oh my goodness, this is okay. Here we go. It's Pat Mahomes, and it's a four down territory all the way down the field. Here we go. For you know, you were just thinking to yourself, "Man, this one." And the, the 49ers, to their credit, to force a field goal in that situation to tie it up. But it, it speaks to Pat Mahomes and how great Pat Mahomes is. And you know what's cool about that? If we were feeling that way, I'm sure his teammates were probably feeling oh, the yeah. exact same way. Yeah, I mean, that, that could have... <sighs> A different team could have fallen apart over the course of the season, right? Because the Chiefs had expectations, and they right. didn't look right for a good chunk of the season. But the second the playoffs started, you could you could see even see it in the Miami game. Like Miami looked like they were cold, and the Chiefs looked mm. like it was a playoff game, and they had to start going. Right. I I, I guess you got to you know uh, pull words from the old great Aaron Rodgers. R E L A A L A X. Relax, right? Gotta just relax. We got this, baby. Don't worry. We're gonna be okay. Oh my goodness. Hey, right? You know, Cal Great, right? Philosopher. Cal Great. Sometimes, right, you just gotta relax. You know, we get all antsy about stuff that doesn't really matter when those guys in that locker room really understand what's going on and and who they are. And when you got a guy of Pat Mahomes stature and his ability and 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 Again, the guys around him respect him and love him and his leadership. You know, you knew they were always going to be there. It was just about, you know, coming out and showing out, and, and those guys stepped up and performed for him. Yeah. Could you actually relax on a football field? Could you? I mean. Could I relax? Yeah. I, I, I mean, I know there are guys who say that all the time, relax. You know, re, I, I there was no relaxation whatsoever. you supposed to relax as a defensive Ever. player. You don't want to relax, For a guy like me. 
Relax. I'm 220 right. pounds, bro. And I'm playing fullback, where every fullback was 250 pounds. Just imagine somebody on the I, field telling Wolf to I'm relax. I'm just saying relax. How that would go over. Relax. Just chill out, man. And it's, it's more about carrying the anxiety of, of, a, of a bad play with you versus relaxing. Yeah. Right? You, gotta man, you can't relax. You got to be able to flush and move yeah. on. Hey, chill out, man. What you worried? Man, relax. We got this, right? We got four more quarters, right? You know, when a guy throws an interception, in the first or you miss a miss a block or whatever may happen and everybody's got their panties in a bunch on the sideline like what's going on you playing so tight man relax we got four more quarters got multiple more plays to go out here and change things around to go out here and make plays so I think that's what it's more about than actually relaxing when you're playing uh, even when Mahomes threw that interception which you never see was it like 218 straight playoff passes without a pick yes. he threw it just nothing changed <laughs> same demeanor right, same yeah. everything walked off jogged off Real cool. It was interesting to hear Andy Reid talk about humility, what a humble guy he is. And humility is such a great characteristic. If you're going to be a professional athlete and you're going to try to compete because it allows you to see yourself with all your flaws. Yeah. Right? And it actually encourages you to move ahead and actually, hey, listen, admit where you're wrong, accept it, and move on. Right. And it allows you to be coached. Right? Because some guys who lack that, get away from me, man. I'm good. It's them. It's them. Not me, it's them, right? When you have that type of demeanor, to your point, Wolf, right? You miss out on some words that could really help you for that next play that you need to make. Uh, We come back. There are people saying the 49ers window is already closing after another Super Bowl loss to the Chiefs. We'll get into all that next. The lowdown continues. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports. Fifteen-year NFL veteran Lorenzo Alexander joins Wolf and Luke, a guy who epitomizes class, integrity, and is a true gentleman. The lowdown. All right, there's a story up on ESPN in the aftermath of the Super Bowl win for the Chiefs, or I guess in this case, the loss for the Niners. It says 49ers title window shrinks after Super Bowl loss against the Chiefs. And then I've actually seen it worded a couple ways where it was like, hey, is the Niners window closed? Um, I'll just say this, first of all, because I, I, I know that a lot of the focus on the story is Kyle Shanahan and how he's been there with a chance to win, what, three Super Bowls? And he's lost all three, two as a head coach. He's lost to Brady, Mahomes, and Mahomes. I mean, he might just have bad timing, too. It's not like he... I don't know that I would necessarily look at Kyle Shanahan and be like, oh, he can't coach in a big game. I thought the Niners played and were coached pretty well on Sunday. I, I, it's not one of those games you look at and you're like, oh, they, they just completely threw the game away. I thought they did a pretty decent job. They just ran into Mahomes. Yeah, then... And a couple of plays that went against them that really hurt them in certain situations. You know, the CMC fumble, and obviously their defense created turnovers, but you, from an offensive perspective, you're trying not to give Pat Mahomes additional uh, ball possession. Same thing when he played Atlanta that yeah. one year, right? They they were up, and then the defense for the, um, the who was it? Who was it? The Patriots. Patriots went off, right, and gave Brady more opportunities to score the football. So um, even in this one, when you look at it, it came down to, I mean, it's nothing that Kyle Shannon can do to tell CMC to hold on to the ball right there. No. Nothing that on that punt return, right, that you're fighting tooth and nail trying to block this guy to give Ray Ray an opportunity, the punt return, an opportunity to return the ball, that it hits your foot. I mean, there's nothing you can coach 
that outside of maybe get away quicker, hearing better, the green law see it earlier. Too. Right, yeah. the green law injury. There's things that happen <laughs> that you can't control as a coach. You're in a position to win, and then, you know, people want to start creating this narrative. Very similar to like Brock Purdy, right? And, and unless you watch his game, you want to call him something that he may not be. And I think that same narrative, you have to go back and really watch these games and understand it. But people, that's that's what we do, right? We, we If you don't win, right, you're a loser. You're yeah. a, what is wrong with you, right? Right? <laughs> we got to tag you some way, and it's either great or you, you're trash. You're the first no, loser. Right. Yeah. There's, there's nothing in between, especially when we talk about you know, a championship. Yeah, Kyle Shanahan is a great coach. He thought, is the least of the 49ers problems well, and I thought you going could see, forward. Even just going back to that Atlanta Super Bowl, like I do remember the second half of that. They had a huge lead, and they just kept passing. Oh, yeah. Pass- yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, right. were, they were running with CM. Like, they... I mean, maybe that maybe that's oversimplifying it, but it looks like he's learned from the past when maybe he... I'm sure there's stuff he wanted to do differently. I don't know if I'm Kyle Shanahan if I look at Sunday and say there's much I want to do differently. There was a lot of weird things that happened to the Niners on top of playing against Andy Reid and Mahomes. You know, for me, I will say that they did come out and really try to establish the run. They oh, came out sure. and they did that. You could see it. This was a this was a concerted effort by the 49ers to go out and be the more physical team on both sides of the ball, but you could just see it offensively, too. There was a commitment to running the ball, and it's obvious why. They wanted to put Brock Purdy in a balanced offense. Yeah, of that, course. No doubt about that, right? Right, yeah. You want to do that. I mean, that makes him a better quarterback. He's not, he's not Pat Mahomes, right? Um, and so you don't want to put it all on his shoulders and it just allows him to be a better playmaker and it opens up their game and that's just how they play football anyway understand to run the ball zone read come out with the boot right make things look the same but they're different that's just how he coaches overall yes. and it just makes anybody that's playing quarterback that we've seen in his system better. I and think why also would you ever too, get away from that? the fact they got up 10 nothing in this game. I think uh, there's a lot of people pointing to that as well. You know, he, And you know this, so yeah, yeah. everyone thinks it's always coaching. It's coaching. Right, and, right. Man, for me, it's players. Uh, of course. I, I'm just, it's all, players win games. It's all about executing. And I, I, Kyle Shanahan in terms of saying that's why the 49ers lost this game, he is so far down here, it's not even funny. I don't, I don't look at the Niners in there are games like we talked about the Ravens game in the uh, in the AFC Championship. Like, what did they do? They went away from running, and it didn't really make any sense. They went away from who they were. I don't feel like the Niners went away from who they were. I think they just no, lost a good game. Not at all. And, and I mean, as we talk about another play pops up after that punt um, that was muffed, and and they got it right because we also saw early in, in the game the the Niners defense make a play after that big bomb they threw uh, down the field with a safety. I don't know. He lost the lights, but I guess that's Cal Shanahan's fault too that they yeah. had a big completion. <laughs> but there was two safeties and one. Just yeah. Away. yeah, luckily they got a strip on the next play, right, and got the ball back. But then who was responsible for the busted coverage that allowed the receiver to be wide open right right after that muff punt, right? was that is that Kyle Shanahan not preparing the defense appropriately in that moment? No, they, they probably worked on stuff. Somebody had a mental bust. I mean, so those things, and again, I think Greenlaw was out at that time, yep. right? Those things are impactful. They have nothing to do with him as a coach because if you want to talk about coaching and culture and, and what they do, Doing the consistency, he 
he is that guy. And I think right now we see him more of an Andy Reid, right? Early in Andy Reid, can't win the big one. Right now, Andy Reid's whole perception of who he is is completely changing. Kyle, Kyle is, uh, I think he's younger. He may be younger than me. Andy Reid is, what, 70? 65. 65. Okay, 65. 65. Is so, he really? I remember that. I yeah. I, I, I never question you on, on so, information like that. The blessing of being a coach is that you can coach forever. And if you're good at what you're doing, and, and as long as Kyle continues to do what he does, he's going to have an opportunity over the next 20-plus years to change the narrative of, of who people may think he is, even though he's a good coach, the same way Andy Reid has done as he's transitioned with the Kansas City Chiefs and have won, what, three Super Bowls in six years, yeah. right? So that is a great comparison. It really is. Yeah. I mean, think about it. That is a great analogy Andy because of Philly. Andy like, oh, you can't beat Brady. That's so right. Not, yeah. Exactly. Andy Reid, and you know what? He can't win the big one. He's really good during the regular season, yeah, but he's they not. They may wow. have went to like four or five, like NFC championships. They, when they he went was to there. a ton, in a right? Row. I Just could that, never yeah. get get over. And then when they got there, they lost. So very similar, right? And that's a, the beauty of coaching. You can coach until you're 65, 70, yeah. 80, right? There's a lot of football <laughs> to be played. And then you think Andy Reid in Philly. <laughs> <laughs> just, yep. just think about Andy Reid right. in Philadelphia. There's I, something very wrong with that, yeah. right? I can tell you this, though, Wolf. I think we have debunked your your um, your conspiracy. I don't think Andy Reid is retiring. They're going for three. They're <laughs> yeah. going for three in a row. Well, once again, though, that that was to me. If, if, he, <laughs> if he won the game, yeah. he's probably going to come back. If he oh, lost the game, what would oh, have that been? Oh, okay. Like? Okay. Right. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Because I think a lot of people thought if he won, he'd be like, "Okay, I'm going to walk off into the sunset." But how can you? Because you're set up to win three in a row. Like you that's are. tough to leave that. And there. no team has ever done that. Right. That's one, crazy. Three in a row. That's see. That's that is crazy. Yeah. You know, you talk about riding off into a sunset. Well, three in a row, and then you leave. He's three in a row. Off of that. Oh, <laughs> Walk off in the fourth quarter. Yeah, like right, you guys can finish right. this out. And, and you know me, so I I am the grassy knoll. Yeah. I admit that. <laughs> right. I right, am right. always looking. Hey, man, you look at man. Man does nothing but come up with conspiracies, based on audience. Go ahead and do it. Look at it. Human history is loaded with man making plans behind the scenes. Well, I'm going back to this ESPN article real quick. They they do a lot of the like, hey, if they weren't going to win it now, when are they? Because, you know, you had this, you had Brock Purdy on a cheap deal. You have this great deal. I'm looking at what they're going to lose, and you're obviously going to lose some players, like Chase Young's not signed, uh, Ken Law's not signed. There's, there's a few. But for the most part, the Niners' core is back, and Brock Purdy is set to make $1 million next year and $1.1 million the year after. Sold. So as long as your quarterback's <laughs> making a million dollars, you can keep your team together. This is his second year. He can't even resign. That's, no, that's, the, that's the sucky stuck. part about it. Man, just locked in, man. Hey, Rook, keep I don't your think head I, up, bro. Oh, man. You'll I've, be all right. I've never seen a salary this low in yeah. the NFL when I'm looking through these sheets. One point one zero zero four two five two million for right. next year. And the guy almost just won And the it's Super not Bowl. chump change. I, I I mean, the good thing is that he does play quarterback, and you your injury risk is lower than any other position uh, just because of the way they protect you. So hopefully he pulls it out. You know, like Kirk Cousins was signing those one-year deals. Yeah, he'll get know, paid yeah, eventually. Get, you know, so it is, it, it, it'll happen for him. 
So, thanks a lot, man. This is great. Thank you, season. Love you, yep. bro. I love you, too. Uh, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. The Suns back at it tonight. Game number two as a Sun for Royce O'Neal. So, what should we expect? We'll get into it next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons. The Golden State Warriors right now are the number 10 team in the Western Conference. I think they are far more of a team to keep an eye on than the Utah Jazz are. There's an extent to that. I think that if you're Oklahoma City or Minnesota, New Orleans, if like Sacramento, if you're a younger team that doesn't have a lot of playoff experience, you may fear Golden State. I don't think the Denver Nuggets, LA Clippers, or the Phoenix Suns should fear well Golden said. State. Well said. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons 2 till 6 on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. All right, Bayesianonians. Ron Wolfley here for my brothers over at Circa Resort and Casino. Go to CircaLasVegas.com. Go to Circa Las Vegas. You better believe it if, in fact, you want to go hang out by the pool, right, and kick back and relax. Take the wife up there, right? You're going to love it. Well, Winter Swim is still going on only at Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino. You can go big this winter at the best pool in history. We're talking about heated pools and cabanas, you got hot drinks, you got live game sound, and a 143 foot wide by 40 foot high definition television screen. I've been telling you about this for a long time now. Stadium swim, you gotta see it with your own eyes to believe it. All the games are gonna be up there, all sports, all seasons. It's the ultimate winter tailgate. Go to CircleLasVegas.com for more information. That's CircleLasVegas.com Hey, it's Gambo. The post-deadline Suns suffered a heartbreaking loss in their first game. So what have they learned from that loss that they can apply to tonight's game against the Kings? We'll preview the matchup starting at 2 on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Well, in case you missed it, you just got caught up with the update that the Suns have added Thaddeus Young from the buyout market today. And just kind of looking through his career, he's this will be his eighth team. Um, you know, for a while there, Wolf, he was a 13, 14, 15 point per game guy. Uh, 2014, he averaged 18 points a game for the entire season. Last few years, his numbers have gone down. His minutes have gone way down uh, since he got he played half a season in San Antonio and then two and a half years with Toronto. So he's not going to play it. I mean, he's going to play a smaller role, obviously, on the Suns. But what are you doing over there? What's I'm just nothing. I'm just grinning. No, I, I'm getting that vibe too. <laughs> yeah, like I, I just looked at him I and said, do "What?" Not you have like a Dan Campbell look on your on. face no, right now. I did just. just Continue, please. Okay. You were making a point. I, I think my point has been made. I've just, there is. There, I'm trying to see what's going on. You guys are on. reading body language well, I, 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 from pretty, me? Pretty. Um, it wasn't like subtle body language. I'm blocked goodness. in the studio with I was you. just enjoying the rejoin. Oh, okay. Big return of the Mac Well, fan. I'm just not really. Oh, okay. It was surprising, though. <laughs> you know I will bust it every now and then. Uh, we're waiting. I, I have it's busted almost, it. It's almost baseball season. Yeah, well, that's not going to happen in 
baseball. Oh, you're not going to do one no, for baseball season? Not, no, it's not okay. going to be anything like that. All right. Well, I'm talking about on the dance floor. Like, oh, I, I thought you meant you were going you know. to put together another album. Yeah, no. Oh. Um, what, you, what was your point? I tell what you, were you saying? as I try to push you to record more music. Yeah. I really, I really think we should do like the uh, a, a wolf release video, like Booker did for his shoes, and it's just like wolf with like his. I don't know what kind of shoes do you wear? Just the flat, yeah, yeah. flat boots. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> wolf flat, flat boots. boots. It'll probably yeah. get you like a deal out of this. Yeah, I don't, don't think so. Uh, but well, uh, anyway, Thaddeus Young is now a member of the Suns. That's where I was going. With you know that. what I love about this? This is I'm okay with this, based on earnings. I really am. Right? And there's nothing wrong with bringing a veteran depth guy in to add a little depth to that. Front court. You know, the physicality and the toughness, uh, the defensive end of the floor is very, very important. And I would say the defensive end of the floor just got better. You bring in a guy, yeah. yeah, he's 35 years old, but this is a dog. This is a veteran. This is a guy that has been around for a long, long time. He is a pro. And, and he's going to give you a pro's minutes when he gets the opportunity. He's going to give you those professional minutes when he gets out on the floor. This is exactly what the Suns needed and continue to need. And I think they've addressed it now. When you think of David Roddy and you think of Royce O'Neal and you think now of Thaddeus Young, guess what they just did? It's, it's the benefit of having... <laughs> You have your big three, right? You've got star power on this team, more more than you need. You have more than enough star power to win a championship. Yep. You can go out and get a Royce O'Neal or a Thaddeus Young, even when your hands are kind of tied. We just saw them do it in the last you know few days. They can bring you something that you need if you're going to win a championship, but is attainable as long as you do your homework and kind of figure out how to get it. You know what I mean? Like you don't you don't have to draft a Royce O'Neal to have him on your team. Typically you have to draft a Devin Booker. Normally you'd have to draft a Kevin Durant or Bradley Beal, but they've managed to pull off some crazy trades. Um, Royce O'Neal, meanwhile, will be playing in his second game as a son uh, tonight. He was on with Bickley and Murata, or Burns and Gambo rather yesterday, and uh, he talked about it. Uh, just basically be myself. I mean, uh, you know, don't try to do nothing, I'm, you know, it'd be nobody. I'm not do nothing that, you know, I'm not supposed to, you know, do what got me here, learn every day, uh, you know, help these guys get better as long as I get better and uh, try to be one of the, you know, leaders on this team, being the vocal guy and being the glue. Yeah, being the glue, glue guy. How about that? What if he's <laughs> right like, I want to be like the Baker. I want to be a glue guy. Being the glue. <laughs> yeah, right. Not the principal, maybe not the subject base and earnings, but the glue. That is going to hold everything together. Yeah, you know what? To that, that's exactly the way I see this. But it just—it's interesting to me. Again, this is culture in the making. This is why it's fascinating. You know how much I love the psychology of sports mm-hmm. and culture and what it means to breed this culture. Well, the the Phoenix Suns feel like they've got an excellent start to this culture. They've got an awful lot of talent now. They need toughness. And look what they've done. The three guys that they've added to this team. The three guys. Very intentional. Very intentional what they have done. The toughness, the physicality of these three guys that they've added. One that might actually make a big impact this postseason. Royce O'Neal, of course. One that might make an impact next season. And David Roddy. And then one that could just add a lot of frontline depth right now. But to me, this is culture in the making. 
You look at these faces. This isn't philosophy, Basin Ornians. These are faces. And yet these are the guys that are going to model this new culture on a daily basis. Uh, more from Royce O'Neal talking about defense in particular. It means a lot. I mean, uh, I mean, taking pride in you know playing defense. I mean, that's you know being a three and D guy in this this uh, league, and I'm um, you know getting better every year, um, expanding my game. But uh, you know, just bringing that defensive tenacity, um, you know, taking the challenge of guarding the best player, the best teams, best players. So that's what I'm here to do. See, if the Suns can pull off what they're trying to do this season, Wolf, they're gonna they're gonna be threading the needle, right? Because it took a while to get everybody together, but you have this advantage over most of the league where you have three star players that also contribute positively to your team culture, like you're saying. There are certainly star players in this league that don't contribute positively to your team culture. So you've already got like a head start on most teams. The problem is you were behind most teams because you didn't have any of your guys play together until this season. We're seeing them get rolling now, and now you can kind of pick and choose. Okay, we need a guy that'll do this, that'll that'll play defense, that'll be tough. We want to know he's a good guy, he's a good locker room guy, and and they were able to identify that in Royce O'Neal and get him, and I'm sure they had similar conversations about Thaddeus Young. And I love the fact, too, that Royce O'Neal just said that. I take a lot of pride on that end of the floor. See, that's what it is. That's what it is. Defense, you, you've got to have the body to do it. You you have to have the athleticism to do it. But to be a great defender, you also have the brain. You have to have the brain to do it. And he takes a lot of pride in being a shutdown guy. He takes a lot of pride in going out there and playing defense. Effort. So much of defense is effort. It starts with effort. If you're a guy who's lackadaisical, you're not going to be a great defender. I don't care who no. you are. <laughs> I don't care work. how much athleticism you have. If you if you don't really care, if you don't if you're not a big effort guy, you're never going to be a great defender. Isn't that right, Abe? DeAndre. Oh, did you see? I, I was not even open. Did you did you see the the story? Of the I think it was the Athletic. They were like the first thing Portland needs to do is trade DeAndre. Yes. And there was like this whole. Did you pool. see that? Yeah. Grab the ball, Aiden. He's a mad king, man, and I don't say that. I, I I say that sadly. What was uh? He'll never get it. The the quote was the trade of DeAndre Ayton for starters. Although his play has spiked for the better in the past month, his first months in Portland were defined by tardiness and tantrums, according to team sources. And there has been an eerie resemblance to Hassan Whiteside, the former Blazers center, whose statistics looked nice but had little to no impact on a game. The quicker the Blazers can move off Ayton, the sooner I believe this franchise is headed in the right direction. Wow, I, it's going worse there than I thought it would. Tardiness and tantrums. Yeah. Um, not not our problem anymore. Uh, all right, so let's see. When we come back, expectations high for the Arizona Diamondbacks, and pitchers and catchers are reporting this week. Did you expect the D-backs to be as aggressive as they were this winter? We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Hey, it's Vince Murata. Join us Wednesday. We will wrap up the NFL season with Mark Schlereth and transition right into baseball. D-backs first workout. Spring training is here. Starting at 6 here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, a couple, uh, couple interesting notes courtesy of Bob Nightingale on the Diamondbacks. Bobby. 
Diamondbacks, whose uh, first spring training game is a week from this Friday. Pitchers and catchers reporting this week. <laughs> so, like, it's, We're going out there a couple of times, too, aren't we? We're going to be out there. The first one is two weeks from today. How do you feel about that? Man. D-backs Rangers, too. Bring it on. World Series rematch. Bring it on right now. Baseball is back in the basin, ladies and gentlemen, in a big, big way. I don't know if the league or the Rangers would go for this, but I say if the D-backs win that game on the 27th, the Rangers ship that trophy and those rings over here, right? (laughs) That's really settled the World Series at uh, Salt River Fields. A couple things, like I said, from Bob Nightingale, as I now have lost them. One, he had his... um, just kind of a notebook he put together on Major League Baseball. Uh, and he noted in here that the D-backs made that trade for Christian Mania and they ended up giving up Dominic Fletcher. Uh, Chicago, at least according to Bob Nightingale, had their choice between Dominic Fletcher and Jake McCarthy. And they chose Fletcher. I mean, Jake McCarthy, I know he was he struggled last year and then he was hurt and everything. And he wasn't a part of the playoff run because he was hurt. But... Two I'm years not giving ago, up on him. He's pretty solid I'm two years ago. Up. I, yeah. Seriously, I'm not giving up on Jake McCarthy. I don't want to either. I I, I just I want to see want to see more of Jake McCarthy this spring, of course, and this early part of the season before you actually give up on Jake McCarthy, man. I I, I wouldn't do it. The part of this that stood out to me, and I don't know what to make of it, the quote from Bob Nightingale is, the White Sox had their choice between outfielder Jake McCarthy or Dominic Fletcher for D-backs pitching prospect Christian Mania before taking Fletcher. Certainly they relied heavily on the advice of assistant GM Josh Barfield, who was the D-backs former farm director, unquote. So that might very well just be that Barfield really liked Fletcher. Sure. It doesn't have to mean he was like, no, McCarthy's not ever going to be any good. I think it was probably the former. He probably just really likes Fletcher. But still, it is a reminder that McCarthy's stock is way down now from where it was a year ago. You know whose stock is not down? The Arizona Diamondbacks. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. This team, the expectations going into this spring, this is is exciting. I I don't know. um, I don't know if I've ever been on a show. I'm trying to remember, Basinonians, the last 16, 17 years. Yeah, 18 years. I I don't know if I've ever been on a show here at the station where there is a season that is more anticipated than this season for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't remember. I don't remember a season. Now, I'm sure 2001 you have that that road. Sure. I, I mean, you ultimately went, but even like the following year, I'm sure expectations were high because you're coming off the World Series. But it's not just expectations, right? I mean, you just won the World Series. Then, I mean, I'm not going to try and like say that that wasn't huge too, like in terms of expectations. But like the vibe right now is they haven't won the World Series, yeah, and they just got there. Like you can't start baseball season fast enough, yeah. And once again, too, like I said, I'm talking about since I've been on the air yeah. here, so it's not a situation where I was around when they did win the World Series. Um, Bob Nightingale also has in this story. He has he has a few different things. He has the uh, the the best. The best contracts this offseason, most team-friendly contracts, and Lourdes Gurriel Jr. is number one in baseball. He also has the best offseasons, and he he ranks three teams as far as teams that had the best offseason. One is the Dodgers. Okay, they spent $1.2 billion. When you get to play by different rules, you're going to have a good offseason. Um, that's me saying that. He didn't say that. Two, he has Baltimore. 
And three, he has the Arizona Diamondbacks. And I got to be honest, Wolf, I know Ken Kendrick right when the season ended was like, no, we're going to spend. Like, we're going to invest mm-hmm. in, in what they have, uh, you know, built, what Mike Hayes and his front office have built. But there's no guarantees that a team will actually do that until they actually do it. And the Diamondbacks did it. They did it. And, you know, it's it's not just Bob Nightingale. This is just starting to mount right now. There's going to be a, a tsunami of media reports that are headed in regard to what the Diamondbacks have done so far this offseason and where they're headed right now. I, the, the Athletic just turned out. The Athletic, based on audience, just went ahead and it, Diamondbacks among winners in MLB offseason. This coming from Jim Bowden. The former Cincinnati Reds and Washington Nationals general manager, Bowden, talking about how the Diamondbacks are winners in the offseason. And he says this, if I can read this, Luke, the defending National League champions have had a great offseason so far, and they're not done. They're positioned to be a playoff team again in 2024. And they're still in play to sign a designated hitter from the group of J.D. Martinez or Jorge Solier. So, so stay around. Sorry about that. My glasses. Well, this is this is the kind of this is the kind of story that is going to be all over the media, and everyone's going to be talking about the Diamondbacks when spring training begins. It's why I'm so surprised. I was just double-checking to see that, that the win total on them still hasn't moved. It's still at 83.5, according to Vegas. And I could not agree more with the last line that Bob Nightingale writes about the Diamondbacks in his story. He says, quote, they may not return to the World Series, but they should definitely be better than last year's 84-win team. And that... I 100% agree with. Yes. You can't guarantee you're getting back to the World no Series. No way. Um, you hope so. And, I mean, they should be better. All you can do, though, is be better. You know what I mean? Where it doesn't necessarily have to come down to the very last day of the season to make the playoffs. You're in the Dodgers division. It might be tough to win the division, obviously. But it doesn't mean that's impossible either. But all you can do is you know, get up there around 90, 92 wins or something. So how do you deal with this, honestly? How, how do you deal with this if you're the Diamondbacks? How do you deal with this right now? What is Tori Lovello telling his players? How does Tori Lovello want his players to think about this? Right? Yeah. How do you do this? My advice to the veterans inside the clubhouse is talk about it. <laughs> honestly, that is my advice right there. Talk about it early. Have it said and done, then help the young guys walk through it, and then do something about it. Just promise me you're not going to go ahead and try to Jedi mind trick yourself. That I just don't want to see that. You know what? Hey, there's no pressure. Stop it. There's no, there's no pressure on us. Don't go down that road. Don't do it. Acknowledge the pressure. Tony LaRussa, I wish I, oh my goodness, I wish I still had the sound of Tony LaRussa, but he said, based on our needs, and I'm paraphrasing, we acknowledge the pressure, and then I tell the guys to embrace the pressure. Make it your friend. That's what Tony LaRussa said years ago. Embracing the pressure, making it your friend. Wow. <laughs> it's like he's Are you here. serious? <laughs> embrace the pressure, make it your friend. So what he's saying right there, Basin, you have to acknowledge it. That's right. There's a lot of expectation that is on us right now. So what? So what? Allow it to focus you. Allow your concentration level to be upped because 
of that pressure that is coming down on you. The expectations that are out there. Yeah, they're out there because we're good. Now go out and be good. This is something you got to talk about. Get it out of the way early on. Get it out of the way. Talk about it. Acknowledge it. And then embrace it and make it your friend. Well, it is, you know, you look at this team now and you look at what they did last year. And I think if you if you followed this team all year, if you're a D-backs fan, you followed this team closely. I think you could you could look at it and you could say, look, anything could happen in the playoffs. I get that. But that didn't feel like a fluke. I mean, they swept the Dodgers. They never even trailed for an inning in that series. They took care of Philadelphia. I mean, that was obviously back and forth down to the wire. But I don't know. I don't, I don't think anybody that watched this team all last year thinks it was a fluke. And if anything, if there was any part of it where it's like, okay, maybe we got a little fortunate there, it would have been the regular season being able to navigate where you have to have a five-man rotation and really only having a two-and-a-half-man rotation. You know, So when you look at it now going forward, to me – especially hearing you talk, the only two things that could really sink this team are injuries, can you, you just can't control that, or how they handle success. I mean, I think about what you always say. They, they had success last year. Yeah. I don't think that, that they're going to struggle with that this year, and, and it's weird. Nationally, you have all these people writing, hey, this team's going to be good, but again, like the Vegas odds are like, this team's average. Uh, so it, it, that part's going to be weird, but it, it's, you just... You never know how a group of players is going to respond to success until you see it. And we're going to start to see it on some level next week. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting because if you're Tori Lavella right now, you want that. Yeah, that's right. 83 and a half. That, that's what Vegas yeah. says Lower right that now. number. <laughs> Lower that number. The expectation level right now. If I'm, if I'm a skip, if I'm a head coach, that's exactly what I want. We suck buttermilk. <laughs> we're, going to be, we're going to be tepid. We're going to be average. We're going to be as plain as they come. That's right. This is the expectation. I'm going to be posting that on your device. <laughs> not going to hang it. I almost said on the bulletin board. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to post that on your device. You're going to be sending a text message <laughs> to people. All right. Coming up next, we're going to take you through the top stories of the day with Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Kick save and a beauty, wasn't that? Wolf and Luke. Well, you didn't say you were going to chisel it into a rock. I mean, they still have bulletin boards. I'm going to post it on the bulletin board. Uh, it's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. <laughs>